welcome to the See You in the Morning podcast. Here, Craig Price and I, Cammie Wilcox, are on a quest to interview each member of the Calvin and Margaret Price family. Let's see who we're interviewing today. Andy Bjorn is the oldest grandchild of Calvin and Margaret Price. Andy is the oldest of five kids and the son of Andy and Arlene Bjorn. Listen as we learn about his early memories, airplane crashes, cinnamon rolls and bologna together, and his love for family. You moved around a lot as a kid. Um, And can you kind of tell us a little bit about why you moved around a lot? And also if you have a favorite either childhood home or place that you lived. It doesn't have to be the house specifically. Well, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. I mean, um, yeah, we did move around a lot as a kid. Um, In fact, coincidentally, recently, just this last week, on a, on a on a text chat we did between us as siblings with my mom we were trying to remember all the different places that we lived mm-hmm. and i decided to make a list um kind of a list guy and yeah so between uh when i was born and when i got married we had 13 different uh addresses wow um, and then yeah where mom is now she's now up to 19 so after i then it went, you know, six more. So, yeah, it was. <laughs> it's quite a bit. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, most of those were in one town. Um, most of those were when we were in Wyoming. And I think, I don't know what are all the reasons behind it, but in Evanston, Wyoming at the time, it was just, it's just a little town and it was growing really fast at the time with the oil price of oil uh-huh. <clears throat> yep. and uh actually it was just kind of little little micro upgrades really when we first lived there we lived in a little trailer um and then we were in someone's basement for a bit when that became see ca- housing became really hard to find at, at, at a moment there um and then we lived in this house that um, was older and had to get torn down. And so we stayed there until it had to get torn down. And then we went across town to this sort of walk up town home type thing. And then we moved across the street. I mean, I could keep going like 13 different times. There's a story for every single one of them. <laughs> um, but I, I think a lot of it had to do just with how hard it was to find housing in this little town back in the day. My, my favorite actually. So it's tempting to say the biggest house was my favorite. And there was a house in, in Wyoming that had big, beautiful windows. And I had so much space to myself and it was so great. But if I'm honest, the, the little old, the oldest house, the one that eventually got torn down, I loved because it was so old and the basement was so scary, right? There was little <laughs> nooks and crannies and places to hide. And mm-hmm. so we would play hide and seek and, I remember the yard was always full of really tall grass and, you know, I would pl- pretend to be a jungle animal or, a, you know, <laughs> I guess it's not jungle, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that was just a lot of fun. It was, it was sort of wide open spaces in, in Wyoming. Yeah. So, you know, I actually forgot you guys lived in Wyoming. Like to me, I remember, did you guys live in Colorado at one point? 
Well, uh, yeah, I, I think I was out of the house by then, but okay. yeah, they, they lived in Colorado Springs. Which That's is funny because in my mind, you guys were Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, we're like archaeologists, you know, and the further you dig down, the more layers you see. And depending on how old you are, you remember <laughs> yep. one of the places where we lived, right? I'm not sure that's yep. a good metaphor, but I think it is. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, on average, every couple of years, we'd pick up house and move. You kind of got used to it. I mean, having a dad as a pilot. Well, I remember dad long before dad's work long before being a pilot. I was okay. Oof. Yeah, I was probably. Well, I guess around 10 or so, maybe nine, nine or 10 when he ch changed careers to be a pilot. But before then I knew him as like a, he was a firefighter. So the, again, there in Wyoming, when there's all sorts of things to do, he started as a construction worker and then worked as a building inspector, ended up working as a firefighter and an EMT. And I mean, he even did EMT at the jail for a while, which I think was his least wow. favorite. We really yeah, didn't I like that. that. <laughs> This um, blows my mind now I know, because I, I, I have these, well, I, I, it's funny you say that, but I have, I remember stories of my dad going on rides with your dad in the ambulances now mm. that you say that, like they would be taking people and like doing these weird runs into, into, you know, like back to Utah from Evanston to take people, but that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Craig, that's cool because you just had that moment of a, a, a repressed memory or something, right? Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, when, you know, he was, but things changed quite a bit when he decided he wanted to fly and it was pretty clear that was something he just always loved and always wanted to do. Um, but he didn't go about it very traditionally. A lot of times, if you're going to be a pilot, you either start in the military or um, you sort of work your way up from your first job, but he was definitely a career changer. And uh, which, which was fine, but, um, you know, it took a while for him to sort of break into the industry and he flew lots of little planes for a long, long time. In fact, it wasn't even until clearly the near, the, uh, clear near the end of his career where he started flying some of the bigger, you know, Boeing bigger planes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did he take flying lessons and then start flying small and like, that's how it built up? Yes, I think so. But when he started taking lessons, I can't remember because he might have done that. He might have started before starting a family. Okay. But it takes a lot of flight time. And he got a yeah. job at the local airport. And so he would just get lots of hours of flight time by doing jobs there at the airport. Char he was a charter pilot for a while he was there. Okay. And so, um, but then, you know, that drove, that drove or sort of influenced our moves, some of our moves then out of Wyoming and back in into Seattle. When, when dad got a job with one of the carriers, he knew that he was going to be gone a lot and he was. And so we moved up to Seattle to be closer to his parents, right? My, the yes. grandparents. Yep. So, really what it was like 
growing up was it was like a there was quite quite a dividing line between time when dad was home and time when dad was not home and when when he was gone things were fairly routine you know you kind of go to school do your chores um it wasn't bad. It was just a lot more predictable. But then when dad came home, it was like, he just wanted to party. And, <laughs> and my, what I mean by that is he'd be like, come on, kids, we're going to the lake. So at some point he bought a boat. And so we would always be going to the lake to go water skiing or something. Or we would go on a road trip or we would go. It was usually, actually, it's usually the lake, but um Sometimes we'd go camping. I think growing up, I always thought of my dad as this super spontaneous guy. And I, and yeah. I think he is. But, but what, I, what, it, what had never occurred to me as a little kid was he probably actually planned a lot of that stuff. But by the time it got to my attention, it was like, come on, let's go. And it's like, whoa, oh, okay. All of a sudden we're going to the lake. Going. Okay, whatever. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me put down my French homework and uh, guess what, you know, type of thing. <laughs> So, um, yeah, he, he, he was, he was kind of a ball of energy like that. I have a memory of, of you guys in Seattle and we came up, I think I maybe mentioned this in, uh, at grandma's funeral, but, um, when, when we were there, dog that liked to race the car to the water, um, mm-hmm. and then, and so I remember that specifically and thinking that was just the wildest thing. And then also <laughs> I, I remember you guys all had books in the car, like even the short trip, like everyone had their nose in a book. And I, <laughs> I thought, man, I, was like, I forgot my book. I didn't know this was how you do it. <laughs> you know, I never picked up on that. Uh, although it doesn't surprise me at all because that sounds like us, but <laughs> I, I never, realized that that's so funny and you know maybe it was just like that one summer or whatever i don't know but yeah i <laughs> well, it's interesting there. it's interesting what we pick up as our perspective of like the bjorns or like right Andy. your life yeah Ex- exactly like because i just remember you guys showing up at grandma and grandpa's house and i think it was an old like toyota van it was like brown or something i can't even remember but oh i'll tell you all about that car so but i remember the car well that was not a toyota my friend that was a volkswagen was it a volkswagen i couldn't remember which one it was yeah and we hated it because it was like the sweet pickles bus you know and (laughs) but not only that so especially in the winters so anyone who's ever ridden in one of those knows it takes forever to heat up Mm. you know the way the way the heating works on the on those old volkswagen buses I think Honestly, they were air cooled. Yeah, they were air cooled, yeah. and there was like heat exchangers in the exhaust or something. And but what all that means is, whenever we would go to Ogden with to Grandma's house, which is you know often, it would it would take us almost all the way to Ogden before it would warm up in that stupid <laughs> bus. And it was like it was like an hour and a half, I think, drive or something. And yeah. um, so we would just pile in with blankets. We'd get in the back because. You know, I guess back then we didn't care as much about seatbelts or it wasn't a thing. Yeah, and it wasn't. So we just get in and settle in and try to stay. We would literally huddle together for warmth. Um, 
The only one that yeah. was warm was probably your dad because he was closest to the heater. <laughs> I don't know. He just loved driving that thing so much. He was just happy to be up there, kind of be bopping along, you know, <laughs> thinking everything's yeah. cool. <laughs> but I have to say, I mean, if you're going to talk about road trips and my dad, I can't, I, I can't fail to mention his road trip snacks. Ooh. Ooh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> you got me oh, listening. Oh, yeah. No, they're horrible. But it's legendary. <laughs> Somehow, in eastern Washington, he grew up eating what he calls rolls and bologna, oh. uh, which literally Ooh. means, you know, when you go to a gas station and you see cinnamon rolls in a tray? Oh, stop. Like, I think they're called, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. I think they're called Svanhards or something. Oh, and God. They're little flat discs, you know, and they're covered and they're mostly icing. Well, he would get that and a package of bologna and sometimes oh. a package of cheese, the ones that you unwrap, you know, yep. and stack them together <laughs> and go, hey, kids, come have some rolls and bologna. And we were just dumb kids. <laughs> we, we didn't know. We're like, okay, sure, cool. You know, um, but he always had the grossest snacks. And it wasn't until, <laughs> until I got into college when I really realized how crazy that was because... Um, well, it's it's crazy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> my my college roommates. Uh, I'm going on a tangent here, but my college Please. roommates talked for a long time about the day my dad barged into the apartment eating a Twinkie wrapped in a bologna. Oh, just like <laughs> he just kind of opened the door and said, "Hey, where's Andy?" And I think Josh was like, "I think he's in class." But everyone came to look at this strange guy <laughs> chewing on a Twinkie wrapped in a bologna. I was like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. Yeah. <clears throat> so those oh, were specifically man. saved for road trips or like he would just. Yeah. Okay. No, we would only only ever eat that in road trips. That's like his yeah. power food, you know, like got to keep going and keep driving. <laughs> like, I, I've never thought too much about the psychology behind his road trip snacks but <laughs> i'm guessing that growing up in in rural eastern washington there must have been a you know where there's not a lot going on that must have been maybe the one thing you could get from the little corner store maybe and you yep. got a positive association from it as a kid and then i don't know that's that's the only reason i could think of why someone would actually eat <laughs> gas station cinnamon <laughs> rolls with I can't even think about bologna, bologna and want to eat it. Like bologna now is like, uh, no thanks. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Do yourself a favor this week and give it a try. You might, your eyes might be open. Who knows? That's true. That's true. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Cammy was wondering because she had she had this question. I'm intrigued. Did you really learn how to read when you were four? Yeah, I did. I have no idea where that came from, though, like, like, except maybe, you know, I, I kind of like solving puzzles, still do, and maybe reading was just a way to solve a puzzle or puzzle. uncover a mystery, um, but I, I don't really know where that came from, except I, I learned to read really early, and, um, well, your dad tells the story about that. Have you heard your dad's story about this? Correct. My dad? No, yeah. no, <laughs> please. Well, so, yeah, I, I, and this is probably just because I'm the oldest of the cousins. And so some of the aunts and uncles have these random stories, you know, yeah. about, about me as a little, little tyke. But so 
at some point we were together. I, I don't know where we were at the time, um, but I must have been four. And so it was probably in, in Oregon or, or Washington. And so Uncle Glenn, your dad thought it was just so cool, apparently, that I could read. And he wanted to show off to the checkout lady at the grocery store. And so he got a <laughs> gallon of milk and he, he, we went to the checkout and he said, hey, look at this. And he said, hey, Andy, read this. And I looked at the label and I said, homogenized. And he <laughs> flipped out because he thought I was going to say milk, right? And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know any better. And then, and then uh, yeah, apparently it kind of blew his mind. Um, oh, it sounds like something my dad would do, though. So <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's hilarious. He oh, is. thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, my I, I, mom yeah. tells tells a story about, well, I'm, the way she tells it is like, uh, you guys lived in kind of a sketchy area. And so like the library was like the one thing that your mom felt safe doing, which not that she felt unsafe doing other things, but just that uh, it was kind of sketchy. And so you spent a lot of time at the library. But I wonder if that was Oregon when we lived in Portland. Mm, could be. I don't know. Well, that would make sense. And because I love spending time in bookstores and, and yes. libraries. If I go, if we go to a bookstore, it's kind of like, I don't know. What do you want? Get whatever you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When, well, you can't go wrong with books though, really. It's true. Well, yeah. And, and you could just spend hours in there. And we used to do date nights at the bookstore, really. And oh, that that's cool. genius. That is yeah. really cool. Well, if, when we were first married and in college and didn't have a lot of money and we could just go to the bookstore and maybe we'd buy a book or maybe not. <laughs> yep. know. Yeah, that's a great idea. My mom told me that uh, that your parents often watched the planes take off and land when they were dating. That that was one of their favorite dates. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I wouldn't have the patience to do that for long, but it is pretty cool <laughs> for a few minutes. You know, there's a place here at uh, Reagan National Airport where they have a park right under the landing. So every three minutes, planes are coming in, and it's a great picnic spot. So I took my kids a bunch when we were when they were little because it was free and easy, and it was a good picnic spot. Oh yeah, hopefully the noise wasn't too much. No. It's exciting. Yeah. Our <laughs> our cousin Jesse, when she lived in Anchorage, I actually drove a buddy up. I moved him up uh, to Anchorage, drove up the Alaskan Highway and oh, wow. I went and visit Jesse and James and they had the same thing. They had a park there that you could sit like right under the airport there in Anchorage and the same thing. It was actually really cool, but I could see as time went on, I it maybe not be so cool though, because it would get you know, it is loud. It was there anyways, very loud. But it's kind of cool. You know, I don't know. I maybe I just don't like flying, <laughs> so it doesn't have a lot of appeal to me. But I, that whole part of your story you just told—the part that intrigues me the most—would be you actually drove on that freeway all the way to Alaska, like, <laughs> like you know, like Jesse and and her. I think when she moved back, I think and Kathy went with them. She did. Saying, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I, honestly, it was a fun trip, but I, you said you didn't like flying, and that makes me wonder if that leads into kind of like your parents crashing because they did that twice, they, from what I can remember. Did. Well, yeah, they've been in at least two crashes. There might have been a third, but I, I, he only had ever told us about two. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, if I remember right, there was a time where they he had to glide down because of some kind of fuel issue. Um, maybe, maybe, but, but I'm kind of hazy on that detail. So yeah, well, the big one was in 1985. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, how old would you have been then? You would have been over 10, right? Yeah. I was 11. See, I always get hung up on the actual date. Like, was it 84? Was it 85? Was it 86? But I think it was 85. Not that that matters, but it was, I was old enough to know better for sure. Yeah. And, um, no, I, I, I mean, I, yeah. What? And- I mean, you're the oldest of five, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, I look at Scott still as like kind of this weird older brother mantle. I don't know if that makes sense. And what? you know, like if something happened to my parents, I, you know, you kind of feel like you look to your older brother and I don't know, did you ever yeah. feel anything like that? Um, well, when my, my, you know, my, my dad died about, well, almost exactly 10 years ago. Which is and crazy. That blows my mind. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Um, oh, God. And, and when he died, I did feel like I had more to do kind of as the, the oldest child and, you know, the oldest son. And so I had to give his, the eulogy at his, his funeral. And oh, yeah. I, I do feel sometimes like they, my siblings would, look to me to make a decision and um yeah i never liked flying it was i got motion sick pretty easy and Mm. um i i spent way too much time in airports because um we would fly standby which is great when it's available it's just the best thing in the world but it things can change it's totally unpredictable you, d- dad would look on his he would log into some website and say oh okay look at this this flight seems like it's not going to be full let's go to the airport and roll the dice right and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't and we would have to spend a lot of time there or we'd go home and try again the next day and i don't know i just the only thing that's good about flying to me is you get there much quicker for long yeah. trips but if I had the choice between flying or taking a bullet train, like they have like in Japan or France or something, or China, mm-hmm. I would totally take the train. No question. Yeah. Yeah. A little different that way. So were there ever times you guys were, were going to the airport and you had to like piecemeal, like, okay, mom and two kids are going on this flight and then dad and three kids are going to go on this flight later. Or was it always an all or nothing kind of thing? No, it was always all or nothing, but more than once see if dad was flying with us then we got a much higher priority Ah, and so gotcha i i remember some times where he would like if some of us wanted to get somewhere and he actually wasn't going he would fly with us just to guarantee that we would get on the flight and then turn around and fly back you know (laughs) that's nice of your dad that is quite nice Uh, yeah so um anyway yeah I don't know. 
if they do that as much anymore. I'm, I'm sure they do uh, in the industry, but it's definitely yeah. got its pros and cons. So when when your parents were in the plane crash, like the 1985 one, where were mm-hmm. you and did grandma come live with you guys for a little bit or like what what happened? How did the, the logistics work out there? So that is probably um, one of the most interesting parts about the story, I think, plus um, really heartwarming parts of that story. So uh, it was a huge shock. Um, I just remember waking up in the middle of the night to the sound of voices in the kitchen. And I had uh, a little room. It was a split level house. And so you go down half a floor and then I had a little space and you go down another half a floor and my parents had their room. And then you go up from the main level and then my siblings would have their rooms too. But the, um, the idea was my dad took a little plane to go to Ogden to pick up my uncle Carrie, his, his younger brother. His brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and my mom went with them and it didn't happen that often that they would leave us alone. Like, I don't know what made them decide to go and, and leave us at the house, but they felt comfortable doing it and we would have been just fine. Yeah. Um, but it's not like they left us very frequently. I think this was, might be the only time I can think of. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I woke up to the sound of a lot of voices in the kitchen, which was not expected. I, I think at first I might have thought it was just those three talking in the kitchen, but it, there was a lot of voices. And so I kind of mustered my way upstairs and I was shocked because there was people everywhere. There was, and I knew almost everyone because in this tiny little town, um, you know, well, it was a really close knit circle of friends my parents had. Um, and so we knew the fire chief really well. Um, we're actually related to him as a cu- sort of a dad's cousin. Okay. Um, and um, different, different in, in the local had come in and they were just making plans. And, and I was trying to make sense of what was going on, but uh, eventually farmed out to different houses. Um, oh wow! I went to go. Yeah, I went to go live with my at, at my best friend Clint Thomas's house, um, and then my also best friend Jason Wright's house later. Um, most of my other siblings, I think Inger was with me at that house too for a bit. I I don't remember all the details, but I I do remember that the youngest few had gone to the morals house and eric and anya ended up celebrating their birthday while living at the morals house and so they, oh, they made them a, oh, a birthday that's tried to you know make the best of it right make the best of it yeah but um you know just as an aside here i kind of wish my sister inger was on this podcast because she is way better about remembering these kinds of details than i am <laughs> no she, we'll hit her up <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. she'll have a turn. She okay, can good. she can correct all these things later. Okay, good. <laughs> but so so to me the main story was there was a community that came together for our little family and whisked us away, took care of us. I remember living in a couple of different houses and 
it was really kind of an adventure to see how the different families lived. And I got to, you know, sit at the table with them and eat with them. And I just would sleep on the floor in, in one of the kids' bedrooms or something. And um, I didn't actually see my siblings that much during this time. Uh, but it wasn't that long before we were back at the house with mom and dad. They, um, they were in pretty rough shape. It was, it was cool that they survived that. Yeah. Um, that was, I remember cool. seeing pictures. I yeah. think grandma had some pictures or somebody did, but I remember seeing them. They didn't yeah, look pleasant. Bad news. No. <laughs> And, and, you know, dad and mom, and I think uncle Carrie too, carried physical and, you know, scars from that for the rest of their lives and can going ongoing. And we've talked about as a family, how, you know, we're really still feeling in some ways, we're still feeling some of the emotional scars from that. Um, and we, we would always say that we really wish we would have done some counseling together as a family, just to be able to process the trauma and, and and what we lived through um you know to this day my sister whenever anything happens her mind immediately goes to the worst case scenario mm-hmm. and yeah. she and ha- she has to kind of go through that and 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 think about what she would do next and for me i do that to some extent but i also i really can't be startled <laughs> this is going to sound like i'm such an old man but <laughs> if i'm sitting down at the table and just earlier today my first grader he was <laughs> he found some packaging from a box from amazon and he starts jumping up and down on mm. it and it was going bang bang and i was like oh my gosh please do not do that please <laughs> and <laughs> the kids think it's so funny to startle me even mary lynn and because i literally <laughs> jump out of my skin and it's it's probably good that they do it because I need to figure out how to not freak out just being startled. Um, but I just have this thing where sudden news is bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I love um, the idea of family counseling after trauma. I think that's such a good idea. Yeah. We should I, have done it. I gotta say though, like, um, I, I mean, I do, I totally agree with that. I don't want to discredit that, but I look at your parents and your dad. I mean, as a, as a career, he still flew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where a lot of people wouldn't, at least, I don't know if I would be able to, if I was ever in a plane crash. So, well, yeah, that's a great point. He, he got back on the horse for sure. Yeah. Well, even what happened? Do they know? Do they remember? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was it was the subject of a big investigation, and um, if I if I remember the details correctly, what they found is there's a design flaw in those old single engine Cessna engines, where the fuel line came too close to the engine and would mm. go into the vapor lock condition, where yeah, the, which would stall the engine out, stall the engine out because the fuel would get vaporized before it could get into the combustion chamber and and so it basically starved it just ran out of gas in the middle of the air and sort of glided down into into nowhere wyoming you know oh and so was it at night oh yeah it was it was pitch black and part of the story is he he really couldn't see and so he had to uh glide it down as best he could and hope for the best 
try to avoid lights, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Know, right. A light would be a structure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, in the, in the light, in the daylight later, the, the wreckage of this plane was a few feet from a power line. And oh. so that could have made their descent, you know, way worse. Rapid. Potentially. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But this, the, yeah, the story is they, they impacted and my dad was holding on to the steering yoke of this airplane and he, he, he would not let go. And so he actually shattered his forearms because that thing broke off in his hands. Um, and then my mom hit her head. And so she had like open uh, wounds and my uncle had fractured ankles, but he was the only one in any condition to go get help. And so he walked on his broken ankles and found help. And then, and then he, he didn't know how to get back to the airplane except for the way he walked. And so it was a little bit of a roundabout way, but then when, when the police officer could tell where he was going, then they were able to get ambulance there fairly quickly. And after that, but yeah, it was, it was, I think it was thanks to my uncle's willingness to walk on broken, broken ankles that my parents <laughs> even survived that night. Yeah. Jeez. Way to go. Uncle Carrie. Right. <laughs> right. Hero. Well, I definitely remember, I remember the second one because it was just by my house. It's not that far away. <laughs> and it was kind yeah. of another weird thing because I remember your parents saying they stopped in like Brigham City Airport. Dad was ch- calculating fuel, or or he didn't need to stop there and calculating fuel, and he should have had enough to make it to their stop, but somehow they didn't. And, right. And it, they were like, I mean, out in the middle of some farmer's field, you know, gliding down, and that the landing gear just i mean it was into a cow field and so it just buried that landing and flipped the plane up over on its nose and i, I remember that one because it was like my dad's like hey uncle andy and <laughs> arlene are in the hospital in brigham city you need to come up here and i'm like what the heck you know so i do remember that one pretty well i can't remember what year it was i it wasn't it was probably 2000s late 2000s I didn't remember that you had gone to see them in the hospital. You did that? I did. I did because I, I just remember grandma and granddad were still alive and that's where they, that was the newest hospital or not n- newest, but the nearest. And, you know, Brigham City to Ogden's like 15 minutes north. So, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of the memories I have of your dad and mom are definitely older in my life just because I was so young but I remember visiting them in Vegas visiting your dad in the hospital there and oh, your dad had your dad had the coolest cane that was copper that he made <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did that well I mean thank you for doing that I this is so cool when you have Price family throughout you know when, when yes. your parents drop out of the sky somewhere you've got a cousin not too far away that's willing to come and you know the fact that you did that twice to go visit my parents in the hospital I, you know that's really touching to me and I, I i appreciate that you would do that well i think that's you you made point of it it is it's something that i think because me and cammy have talked about this whether it was on a one of the podcasts already or even just separately but 
really we've we've built such a bond it does even even though we have like a big age gap between you and shelby like it wouldn't merely matter we would all i think be willing to do something you know if we needed it absolutely so definitely pays homage to g and g for building well not just g and g but our parents building that too they they had to sacrifice to do this stuff too that's true yeah they were close knit yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you doing that. And I, I will never um, uh, forget the way uh, um, Eric uh, Price would go hang out with my parents when they were in Las Vegas. You know, he'd go see dad in the hospital. And oh, was, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. He was working as a chef there somewhere. doing. That's right. And yep. we got to go see his bistro once. That was really cool. But I mean, the fact that he he was there and he went over to, to go see them, I mean, I'll never forget that, right? That's, yeah. You, how can you yeah. ever thank someone enough for that? How can you ever thank a, a community enough for taking in like five almost orphaned kids and just raising them, you know? Yeah. I, you, I, well, I think about if that happened today, what would that even look like? You know, would it be the same where a community would take everybody or would it just be people relying on family? You know what I mean? And it's a little different dynamic, obviously, but I mean, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, something needed to be done right there and then, and they did. And so, uh, but it's more than just taking us in. There were people that came in and helped finish the basement. That house had an unfinished basement. So they came and they, put up sheetrock and finish the electricity and and then someone bought our family a deep freezer and then someone else had a half a cow butchered and brought in all that meat i mean we were eating hamburgers <laughs> forever thanks <laughs> and you know i think what's the story i think my at the moment at the at the time when they brought in all that steaks and meats and things I remember dad saying that he didn't know what to say. And he told the person that he didn't know what to say. And they said, just say, thank you. (laughs) And that was it. You know, I think that's like, this story is really a testament of who your parents are though, because yes, the community rallied around them because they loved them. Right. I mean, so your parents had connections in this community and I'm sure they would have done the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know for on, on my side too, like I, I could only imagine what you guys felt the second time they were in a plane oh. crash. Yeah. Right? That. yeah. Like that, that in itself. So seriously, like I, for me, it was like, well, no one was, I don't, I don't even think Anya, she had, I don't think she, they, her and Greg were in Utah anymore when that happened. So I don't know if anybody in your family was even in Utah at the time. No, we weren't. I found out about it after the fact. They called and said, oh, yeah, we were another plane crash. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Right now? And I think I I might have been more upset about it than they were. Like, Yeah, it's fine. We just glided down. You know, we'll have to work on the airplane. But, you know, we basically walked away from that one. It's like. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, 
to your point from earlier, of all the places to come down, you know, you could do a lot worse than Weaver County. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Family and friends nearby. Well, Mm -hmm. and I got to pay homage to Uncle Roger and and his boy Justin too, because the day later, we actually, your dad wanted to go look at the plane in the crash site. So we actually got an Uncle Roger Suburban, me, my dad, Uncle Andy, and me and Justin, and we all drove out there. I didn't know that. This. this is so yeah. Cool. So, like, I remember doing that and just hanging out. It was I had a I had a good time because they were okay by that point, right? So you kind of de-stress the the situation, but yeah, yeah. Well, see, I I hear a lot of these stories and they they kind of like oh I didn't know that you know and I you know I think of my parents in a certain way and maybe I'm just really self-centered. I don't know. But <laughs> hearing, hearing that they are real people with real lives and you get to have your stories with them too. And I just think that's so cool that uh, people are really multidimensional, even if you only see one part of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Where did you go to high school? I got to go to two different high schools. Okay. I started out at Evanston high school in uh, the go red devils Um, (laughs) but but i was only one semester in half a year into my freshman year when we moved to washington which the bummer of that was we moved into a school district where high school was only three years and so oh you were back in junior high yeah yeah yep and that that second half of that year was was not fun. I wouldn't recommend that. I'm sure. That. <laughs> but I can kind of you know. sympathize with you. When we moved from California, it was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, in California, it was, we were still going to be in, I was, I think it, I was going into fifth grade and I was like, oh, yay, I'm going to go into middle school. And then we moved to Utah and I had find out I have two more years of elementary. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, um, so, so in Wyoming, I mean, I'd lived there forever. I, it was a big, beautiful high school, relatively modern, just enormous. They had, the community had money from the oil fields and whatnot. And so it was a really nice high school. And um, then, you know, I had to go back to junior high or yeah, Lakota junior high school. And I made, I made fast friends. So that helped. Yeah. But then I started at Decatur High School in Federal Way, Washington. Go Golden Gators. It's the Golden Gators. Mascot Golden Gators, yeah. And so it was it's in a suburb of the Seattle area. Um uh, obviously much larger than Evanston, Wyoming. Um but I had a I had a good experience there. Um really enjoyed the music department, playing my trombone, you know. Um and you know, at that time, people playing in the band were a, maybe a little bit looked at as weirdos. Or, uh, <laughs> that was true know, when I was in high school, too. Same. I loved it. It was really cool. We got to do all sorts of fun things together. We were constantly going and we would go to these retreats or we would go to these competitions. We would play. Did you do actual marching band? band? I also did marching band. Yeah. But we had jazz competitions. We had, um, uh, concert band competitions and we would play the pep band, which meant we would play at football games and basketball games. games. 
I just love that. It was so fun. Like, um, that's actually how Jason and I met is in marching band. Um, oh, but yeah, we cool. did concert band, marching band, jazz band, all the, all the things. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, music is, was, was a big part of the high school experience. And, um, I have no idea what it would have been like. Well, I guess I could guess, but I think it really made my high school experience so much more fun and, and, um, enjoyable. Did you translate that into college? No, I, (laughs) I, I I didn't even do jazz band my senior year. I decided I was tired of waking up early and I was done and that was it. (laughs) So I, and then when I went to college, I wanted to go on some new grand adventure and I, I didn't even take my trombone with me. And I had friends that would say, Oh no, you gotta, you gotta go try out for the, you know, marching band or something. And I didn't want anything to do with it. I wanted to go. I kind of regret that looking back. Um, I wish I had kept doing at least something, but um, I didn't. Do your kids play instruments? Am I remembering correctly that? They do. Yeah. yeah. Annika, Annika plays the trombone uh, as well. Awesome. She's a junior in high school and she's at the school that's got a really good jazz program. Well, that's fun. and uh, they are they just submitted in their tape to uh, a jazz festival in New York called essentially Ellington and are hopeful that they could get to go to New York later this year which would be cool that would be cool he'll have to tell us when it is that would be really fun yeah I I will because if, if she's going I'm volunteering to be a chaperone for sure <laughs> heck yeah is she your <laughs> oldest Andy yeah, Annika is my oldest. She's a junior, and she is definitely musically inclined. Um, she she dances ballet. We when she was a little kid, when we lived in Auburn, um, we found this this little cute little ballet studio for little kids, and it was so cute to see that you know her getting a tutu and kind of prance <laughs> around, and it just kind of stuck. And so many years later, she's still dancing ballet. I don't think that's her first love anymore but she still enjoys it and you know we like seeing her dance and being part of it um actually around nutcracker with my daughters both of them dance in the nutcracker i get to go on stage with them as one of the dance dads in the party scene at the beginning oh yeah. fun. that is awesome i so, saw pictures and i wasn't sure which part you you did oh i love that scene that's so fun yeah, I, that's it's really cool. Um, so yeah, Annika does. Um, Gavin, he is my eighth grader, so he's just finishing up middle school, and he plays a low brass instrument as well. He plays the euphonium, which is like a little mini tuba. Wow! And um, but he's really into golf lately. He's been taking golf lessons from a family friend of ours. And we live really close to this tiny little golf course. And every Saturday they go and, and do golf lessons. And he's been really into that. That's, That's awesome. And then Ava, she is my sixth grader. And she plays percussion mostly because she's really good at the piano. It's funny. Over the years, you know, you try to push these kids to take piano lessons. Like, you really got to do this. You really got to do this. And some years, one of them's really into it. And some years, another one's really into it. 
it, it, it kind of comes and goes, but um, at right about the time Ava was really into it and, and then she wanted to play percussion in the band and, and she's, she did it. She, they just had performance and she's back there playing the snare drum on one of the pieces. And then she played the, I don't know if it was the bells or the xylophone on another piece. And, um, but she plays percussion just like her grandpa Andy did. See, my dad played, played the drums and he oh. was, he was in bands quite a bit. Huh. And then, and then my youngest is Kellen. He's a first grader and he, um, he gets to go to this little, so we, we now live in a small town, even smaller than Evanston. We live in a tiny town called Fall City. And it's just like 2000 people. And he, he gets this little elementary school experience. Um, and it's just a great little school. Um, I actually really love the school district here, but that's he awesome. Is, yeah. He, he loves to run and jump and kick and, hit he's just full of energy and he wants typical six-year-old huh <laughs> oh yeah it's really cool he wants to do everything and he's just finishing up his basketball uh, and then he's looking forward to um whatever's next he's actually asking about football which we're kind of we have mixed feelings about <laughs> understandably <know>. yeah <laughs> but we'll see how that goes um it Andy, that sounds like there's a little bit of an age gap there towards the end. Yeah, how old oh, is yeah. Ava? So Ava is 12. Okay. So six years. Yeah, so right? Erica is 16. Gavin is 14. Ava's 12, if my math is right. Um, and Kellen is seven. Seven. And if I got that wrong, I am so sorry. <laughs> we don't have to hold you accountable that's right okay, and, and don't worry we'll interview mary lynn later and she can she can fix all that too <laughs> well okay so ava's birthday was september 21st 2009 so whatever that <laughs> means for today i think she's 12 perfect yeah she is because i was no. married that year or okay, 13 or going 13. on 13 yeah 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 well, yeah, there's an age gap and there's a story there too. Do you want me to tell that or yes. talk about something else? Andy, we want to hear all the stories. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> well, so um, it took us a while to have kids, right? One of the yeah. one of the cliches is, you know, you get married, you start having kids right away. But that wasn't, that was not our story. Um, I think we were married for like nine years before before Annika was born. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a stint. So my math is right. Annika was born in 2005, and we were married in 1996. So, yeah. Um, so it took doctors for us to have kids. And even yeah. to this day, we don't know why we needed doctors. But at some point, um, this doctor that we just love she's she's like okay you have a choice you can continue to like take different tests and there's all sorts of tests but do you really care why or do you just sort of want to start a family We're like well yeah b right yeah and yeah says, okay well no matter what the diagnosis is or would have been that there's really just one course to go forward and it's uh uh well in vitro 
right? Yeah. And there's there's a couple different layers of it. There's a, a simpler version or a less invasive version called IUI. And I don't think I'll describe that because I don't know who all is going to be listening to this podcast yeah. later. But <laughs> You're let's fine. just say it's scientific it's and it's less, it's, it's easier to do. They start with the easier one first. And sure. then, yeah. but, but so we tried those and those didn't work. And then we did IVF, which is more involved. And um, on the second try of IVF, we got pregnant with Annika. And so first of all, thank goodness for great doctors. And yeah. indeed, and, and we had a really good health insurance sometimes people don't have insurance that covers that and it can be yep. pretty expensive. Yeah. And it was anyway, but if we didn't have the insurance, I, our story would have been different. <laughs> yeah. So, well, not to take um, from yours, but Alan and Michelle went through the same thing. Alan, my brother and his yeah. wife, they were like mm-hmm. 10 years, but very expensive. I know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we thought that we would, so first of all, you know, Annika was just this huge miracle. But for a while there, we thought she would be our only one, right? Yeah. Um, but then we figured out that our insurance plan had allowed us to do a couple more. So oh. we're like, all right, let's do it. And so the fourth time, it worked for Gavin. And, and that was so cool. Um, and then the last two were standard delivery actually which surprised us because we didn't think that that was going to work for us but it it did so in a way each one of our kids are really quite miraculous to us you know (laughs) yeah so that's beautiful that's really cool yeah well and maybe we should even go back a little bit how did you meet because i i i have memories of mary lynn because being a younger cousin you kind of look up to your older ones that mm-hmm. oh my gosh they're married now you yep. know and i'm and i'm still <laughs> tiny you know i'm like yeah i was born in 86 so you were you know 12 no 14 almost years right yeah i was born in no 12 years so, yeah yeah so yeah, you kind of have this like, oh my gosh, look how, look how awesome they are. And, but you know, I, I, anyways, I remember that. So I'm wondering how you met Mary Lynn. Well, first of all, brace yourself. You want to feel old? <laughs> yes, let's do I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm 47. So, you know, you can't be that much further away from me. You're probably 36. Did I'm you say? 30, 30, 36 today. 36. Today even. Fun, right? Oh, that's right. I wish you happy birthday on, on oh, Facebook. You did. I <laughs> saw birthday that. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, so, so yeah, we, we met at college. And, um, so and where, I, which college were you at? So I, for undergraduate, I went to Brigham Young in Provo. So BYU in Provo. And um, it was the year after coming back from, from a mission. And I was in an apartment with five other friends from before. And we were, I remember it was, it was early in the year and we were trying to figure out how to get back into college life after two years of being, you know, out of the country. It takes a little bit to, okay, what do we do now? What's happening? And so we would, we would often go up to campus 
we had this apartment off campus and we would go up to campus to register. And it was one of those things where if one person had to go register for something, we all kind of went with like, <laughs> just because we travel in packs, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Support You're used group. to companionship. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, you know, you never know, you might see or learn something or get to know this campus that you'd forgotten about for two years. Well, what I started to notice is I kept seeing the same group of ladies in, <laughs> in our day and in our travels, like those, those ladies look familiar. And, and I started to notice like almost wherever we went, there they were. And I started to get intrigued, like, who are, who are they? Uh, and it became a mystery to solve and <laughs> come, come to find out this same group of ladies was our next door neighbors. They were literally the girls next door. We were in apartment 105 and right across the way, they were in apartment number 106. And oh, that's so, cool. so <laughs> they were, they were just going about their way doing whatever to get set up for school. And so I remember one day saying, guys, I keep seeing these girls everywhere. We have to introduce ourselves. We just have to. And my roommates were like, uh, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> you know, they knew me well enough to know that I was, I, I can be a little bit spontaneous, you know, too. And so I said, <laughs> what do we got? Uh, we can't just show up and try to get in. What do we got? And someone had bought a big bag of popcorn, like one of those bags that's as big as a person you know oh yeah like 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 the the garbage sack looking big ones yeah 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 and then i had brought a a water filter pitcher from home because the water uh, i heard the water in utah had a lot of floaties in it and it does (laughs) at least provo it does and so i'm like let's come downstairs we'll bring this bag of popcorn and some filtered water and we'll see if they'll let us in (laughs) So, so fancy. So we knocked on the door and somehow they let us in. They're polite enough to say, sure, you can come in and introduce yourselves. And we did. And of course, you know, one of them was Mary Lynn. And um, so, you know, we introduced ourselves, talked a little bit, and that was kind of about it. Um, but beyond that, a couple, a couple of things happened. Well, for one thing, my roommate really liked Mary Lynn. And he asked her out a couple of times. Um, But right around this time, see, my roommates, most of my roommates were locals. And so on weekends, they would often go home to Harriman or whatever and get their laundry done and have dinner with mom and dad. You know, I don't blame them. I would too. But, you know, they would go. And Mary Lynn had roommates that were dating guys in in the apartment next to ours and so they were often (laughs) over there with them and so lo and behold on weekends we would be sort of the the left behinders right so it'd be like she'd be like oh i'm i gotta go i'm gonna go do some laundry like oh i guess i gotta do laundry too you mind if i tag along sure so we'd go do laundry and kind of chat and like well i gotta go up on campus and do some studying well I guess I can come with you. I got nothing else going on. Okay. So we'd go up on campus and study a little bit together. And then that became kind of a pattern. We started to realize we liked spending time together and, and we became close friends. And then at some point we realized that we were, had really developed stronger feelings for each other. And it, it sort of blossomed from there. But I, I laugh because I did the one thing you're never supposed to do. And that's date your roommate, the, 
person your roommate you know likes like <laughs> but all's fair in love and war and we've been married since 1996 so something worked out right heck yeah <laughs> dude so yeah then then about a year after we met we got married so i, I you know i did what i was told i needed to do which was get married within a year <laughs> um, good old mission which, presidents huh right that's exactly <laughs> what that was and um and it was it was it was pretty great. We, we had a lot of fun together and, you know, I liked that we went to school together. I mean, I mean, in hindsight, probably, you know, most people don't get married quite that young, at least maybe at BYU they do, but, um, but it was really, really great to, to have that, to be together, to have each other, to have that support for each other. You know, I think our grades got better than after your marriage. <laughs> and then, you know, we qualified for the really good student loans and the really good, you know, yeah, grants, the perks. The Pell grants. Yeah, you and got the so perks. That helped. Yeah. Anyway. Well, the you know, times. It's, it's kind of fun to, I mean, yes, getting married young is not, not for everyone and not what the average person does but it's kind of fun to grow up together and yeah um kind of become the people that you want to become together yeah i agree we we look back on it and we both say you know there's so many ways this could have not worked out i mean it worked out really beautifully for us but would we recommend it for someone else you know probably not because <laughs> we we went so quickly be- but only because it worked out really well for us, but it could have very easily not worked out for it. other people in that situation is yeah. all, right? I definitely that goes, I feel like that goes to show who you guys are, though, because the times that I've got to talk to Mary Lynn and that, she's so chill, mm-hmm. at, at, least, <laughs> at, at least from my perspective, <laughs> right? Because we only see she each is, other yeah. so often, but she's always just like, she exuberates happiness in my mind. But, and again, like, this is my perspective, right? But I don't know. I think it, it goes to show, you know, who you guys are again. Like, it's, it's funny how we look back because I don't know what you guys, when, Cammy, when you, how old you and uh, Jason were, but I was 24 and my wife was 19. So she was, I would say, pretty young. Me, 24, mm-hmm. at least as, as a missionary, that's kind of old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was 21. Jason was 22. So we were young. Very yeah. young. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate you saying that about Mary Lynn. And she is like that. And she's so brilliant. And um, one of the things that I think is really cool is our personalities are quite different from each other's. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm obsessed with personality tests. And I love them. And I, I have to take them sometimes for work. And I think they're so fascinating. And I always want to bring them home and say, hey, you should take this. And she goes, I don't need to take that. I already know who I am. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. And then I would go, okay, you know what that says about you? I know exactly what that says. You know? That test tells me. Oh. And so I, I, I know that in in many different ways, like, oh, okay, so the Myers-Briggs, there's a Myers-Briggs yep. is one of the personality tests. And, you know, is I that the color out. one? Mm, no it's a four, okay it's a four letter code 
Okay. So you got introvert versus extrovert, you know, sensing versus feeling, something like that. Anyway, I, my code is an ENFP, and I'm convinced that hers is an ISTJ, right? Or she could be an ISFJ, but um, <laughs> the others I'm very certain about. And so one of the <laughs> things I just really, and I, it's, I, I really pre- uh, value this about our relationship and about her and who she is, is like, we really do complement each other. Like she is, she is steady when I am flighty and I can be that for her too, you know, sometimes too. And, and, you know, it, it, I would say if anyone is still trying to figure out if they should, who they want to date, if they should date someone, you can really be compatible and have a great relationship with people that are very different from you because you might just learn together. I mean, that's what we did. Learn from each other. Yeah. One of my favorite things about her and I, I mean, as we've talked about, the Price family is close and there's a lot of us. And I, I could see how daunting that could be from the outside <laughs> and marrying into that. Um, yeah. But she did it so gracefully and just, and now when people are together, she's happy to sit down and chat with anyone. And she knows, like she knows all of us and she, yeah, she's just really genuine and warm. Aww. So I really enjoy chatting with Marilyn. I did all that for sure. Because I'm with you, Cammie. I think it would be very daunting because, again, I've talked about people like, you know, at work or something like, oh, I come from a big family and some of my cousins, I feel like, are just as much siblings. Yeah. As much time as I've spent with some of them. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, like if I saw a cousin at like a supermarket, I would stand and talk to him for two hours. (laughs) <laughs> where i know other families that they saw family at the supermarket they wouldn't say a single word to each other <laughs> yeah so it, it is a daunting thing especially how big we are and mary lynn very much so i think anybody that i've ever seen that's married someone in the price family has always fairly well blended in well and this this was kind of mysterious to her because she didn't have that in her family at all her um she had many siblings, but no extended family or very, very little extended family. I think she had, you know, one uncle and aunt over in Maryland for a while, um, but for a long while, but she did not have cousins and I have like dozens of cousins, right? And normal. And one of the things she would have to correct me a lot on is, I would call everyone my cousin. She'd be like, no, that's your aunt. And say, oh, that's my cousin. She's like, no, 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 that's your, that's actually your, you know, because to me, everyone's a cousin because right. odds yeah. are, if you're related to someone, they're a cousin. Yeah. In a price. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, Price family, you guys really like allowed her to come in and be herself and, and, you know, she, she got to know us in the chaos and she would come up to Ogden and um, I remember she, she and Inger slept in one of the downstairs rooms. I think the blue room, you know, on yep. the yep. left at the bottom of the yeah. stairs. Sewing room, blue room. Yep. <laughs> yep. She, she and Inger would stay there and I was upstairs in the big room 
on what on that sectional couch, the one you can rearrange to be whatever you want <laughs> yep. to see. And she heard us laughing and telling jokes and quoting movies and um I think she enjoyed that, you know, the whole Price family experience and, and just laughing together at cousins as cousins way too late in into the night, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know it's funny, you just reminded me of that we actually kind of have our own lingo, right? You, you can say the blue room and we all know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and that sectional couch. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Or the loft in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that loft. I, yeah. That was a little bit beyond my time. I think he built that when I was a little bit older, older to care, but I still thought it was super cool. I mean, Yeah. So swinging really quick back to your kids' names. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that the Bjorn boys have a theme for their daughters. <laughs> like they start with A. <laughs> yes. And they are Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and was that intentional? Or did, did you name uh, Annika and, and then it just kind of kept going? <laughs> well... All of my cousins on the Bjorn side, we all have Scandinavian names, except maybe me. My family, my name has a lot of history in the family too. But so we sort of grew up with Scandinavian names. My my dad and his brothers, they all decided they would do it. And, you know, a lot of us decided we wanted to maintain the tradition. Um, But uh, Eric's daughter, Annalise, is a little bit older than Annika, my daughter. Oh, uh, Annalise was the first and I really liked the name Annalise but we couldn't have two Annalises in the family I mean and, we had two Eric's yeah we, so I guess it's possible <laughs> but then we just really loved the name Annika even more and so and it just it just really fits her yeah um, and then I think I think Arn just is like, you know what? I like the way this is going. And they, <laughs> they, they, they Sounds like Arn. And so Arn's, yeah, Arn's wife, Lisa, she calls the girls the Annas. That's their oh, sort of group cute. nickname. That's <laughs> so awesome. Whenever we're together, she'll say, all right, let's get the Annas together and have their, have their picture taken. Oh, that's really <laughs> sweet. So on your kids' names, um, so interesting tidbit when my parents had Jamie they had picked the name Gavin for Jamie and we all went to the hospital that evening after he was born and none of us could remember it and we kept saying Given or Gavin and finally my dad said okay that's not his name (laughs) (laughs) that's funny we left it wasn't until the next day when they brought him home and they're like, this is Jamie. This <laughs> okay, is Jamie. Here it is. I like that. It's yeah, funny how many, I, I wonder how many name names Gavin. are like that. Well, I know my mom told me that she tried to name every boy starting from Scott, Greg or Craig. <laughs> and it stuck Craig with me, I guess. She finally you wore him down. <laughs> yeah, I finally wore him down. I mean, they did stop having kids after me, so we know what that means. They finally perfected it. So it that's means right. that's right. Once you win the lottery, there's no need <laughs> to keep going. 
<laughs> well, you know, Andy, too, with having such a big price family, I mean, you are the oldest. Like, you started all the grandchildren mm-hmm. out. Like, that's right. it's pretty cool. It's kind of a cool title in my mind. Well, I – so that I totally agree with you. But I do, ha- I will have to admit to you, there was at least one trip where we met in Ogden and Jeremy and Jed and I think Scott too got fed up with me because I, it always had to be my way. And I don't remember all the things that I was doing at the time, but they finally had had enough and they're like, no, it's not always your way. And you know what, until you can realize that, you do your own thing. We're doing ours. And I was, I was left alone for, for a lot of that trip until at the very end, I think it was, I think they nominated Jed to come to me and say, <laughs> did you learn your lesson? I was like, yes, I learned my lesson. So, and, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, cause we like oldest child right there. Like yeah. <laughs> all of you. <laughs> it is. And they're all the oldest, right? And so that's what I was going to ask is like, so we've all, me and Cammy have talked about, you know, the groups you grow up with cousins. And so that was your group, right? It was mm-hmm. you, Jed, Jeremy, and Scott. And I feel like Scott was the youngest, if I remember out of that group. Yeah, he, he was. And um, so he was, he was often around, but he was also sometimes not, um, sometimes he would be with, you know, another group or something, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, so when you have so many, and, and Cammy, you and I have talked about this, but when you have so many cousins and you're divided up into tranches and you're, you're with <laughs> your cousins, it's great because you get close. But I didn't, I didn't grow up getting to know you two very much. And yeah. so I thought it was so cool when we were at, what, what restaurant was that, Cammy? Where we just sat at the table together and told stories. And I was like, wow, was all like- my cousins are awesome. It was like a Chipotle or something like that. It was like a fast, casual Mexican something. I don't remember mm-hmm. which. And it must have been around grandpa's, grand, sorry, granddad's funeral, I think. So I think it was, that was the week, the weekend that grandma died. Because you okay. and I both flew in. Sense. And yeah. then uh, Katie drove down. And that was such an amazing experience. And that kind of, and actually all of these uh, questions that I emailed to you, I wrote down um, right after that, when I started thinking about the podcast. And so, um, wow. so they've been in my, I, I have a book that I like keep my life in uh, all the time. <laughs> so I, I pulled out <laughs> that notebook and I was like, oh, already got questions all ready to go for Andy. So I didn't <laughs> change them. They're... <laughs> That's um, cool. But yes, that weekend was amazing because I got to know you a lot more and I, mm-hmm. I loved seeing um, Anya's house and and her kids mm-hmm. more and yeah, and your interactions with them. And yeah, it was it was a really cool weekend. And we did that. We did that road trip together to see Eric's ha- house. Yes. And his restaurant. Yeah. And his restaurant. That's right. Yeah. And, so you guys and- head to Logan then, right? Had to what? Did you head to Logan? Was that when yeah. Eric was in Logan? Yeah. 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 That was that was a very cool experience. Again, it shouldn't blow my mind, but it like blew my mind. Like, wow, all my cousins are cool, not just the ones I grew up with, you know? Right. <laughs> well, and what's funny is I think we really could end up in a city with any of them and have a great time. 
I think we just have enough connections in some way that, that it would work. Totally. I, one of mine with Craig was, I just remember being at Lagoon <laughs> that last time we had a, a reunion at Lagoon. And I remember being under the pavilion there. And I think, I don't remember if you were carrying a baby or what, but we just happened to find ourselves there in the shade and we just chatted for so long. And was Devin there at the same time too? He was. I forgot about this. I see. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I had, I think it, it was either my first or my second. Like it was one of my kids, right? I don't remember which baby you were holding. It would make sense <laughs> if it was your baby, but there was a lot of babies to go around. Yeah, that's you true. Know. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. If you but say I, I'll I, you. No, (laughs) but no, you're right. We were there under the pavilion and we all kind of had our lunch stuff together. I remember that now. And we did, we just, we did, we sat and talked about just about anything actually. Oh yeah. We, I remember talking about politics too. Yeah. (laughs) Family (laughs) of all things. Probably talked religion. Yeah. And it was great. Actually. I really enjoyed that. Well, I think it's good too, because it realizes, you know, we do all come from different backgrounds i mean i even look at our parents i mean i mm-hmm. i feel like did your dad have a motorcycle at one point too <laughs> yeah yeah well because because i remember like seeing a photo and i think i had like it was like your my dad had one i think even uncle mike had one at one point like it was yeah. kind of like this fun thing they did together and yeah. i remember like getting a picture by it but like i don't know it's just random stuff but they came from different backgrounds too and but they all got along it seemed like they did anyways oh totally yeah and and they have stories that we'll never hear like i don't know if you remember this but your family lived in evanston for a while too when we were there my parents yeah before i was born yeah okay so before you were born i i remember going over there to see you know and to to play with um scott and aaron and alan and i assume carrie too i don't know might have been long might have been for her time but um yeah and so so your dad and my dad, they they were close. They were buddies. And they, you know, spent time together, like, before they got married. Uh, or or they, they had met probably in the course of, you know, dating, as my dad started dating my mom. But, yeah. You know. Well, that's an interesting that... timeline, too, because you look at, I feel, if I remember right, because you are the oldest, I feel like your mom and dad were the, the first of G and G's to be married. I think so. Yeah. I, I know her and Barbara and, and then aunt Kathy, they're somewhere in that mix, but I think it was you and your, I think it was your mom and dad that were the first married of their, of their kids of G and G's kids. And I just know my dad, it was a little bit later, right? I think three other siblings mm-hmm. were married and, mm-hmm. but I just like, Oh, I mean that story of the ambulance with my dad riding around as we've been, talking about like different things i i mean really that sounds like your dad and my dad <laughs> oh yeah going, I'm sure going for a ride in an ambulance you know just just to go yeah and i can just imagine your dad saying can i turn on the lights you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness well, even with that inflection like that that was good <laughs> well i mean yeah i one one, one really great thing about the family you grew up in Craig was, I, you know, you guys all came down to my wedding and I will, I will never forget that you guys, 
you all piled into whatever van you guys were driving at the time. <laughs> and, and it had to be a van. <laughs> yeah. And you were there. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. They weren't the only ones. I had all sorts of cousins too. But I think, I think that the fact that you guys all made it down there was, was so cool. And I remember thinking, you know what? If there's a wedding within 500 miles, the, <laughs> you know, the Glenn Price family is going to figure out a way to get there. And it was really cool. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, I actually got a little bummed because my parents went to Jed's without me. Oh, <laughs> Jed and Maria's. And I'm like, I'm like, no, well, I mean, but my parents, that was an important thing. But I, I mean, I think, I mean, Cammy, your mom and dad, they, they were the same way. And, but I was going to ask you, Andy, where I, I'm trying to remember actually where you did get married. It was near Los Angeles, California. It was in Southern California. Okay. Um, and we, we got married in the Los Angeles temple there. And then, but we had our reception in the backyard of a, of a friend, family friend nearby. But yeah, we go to weddings, don't we? In fact, um, so, so Cammy, we saw your parents when, well, well, my mom and I did a road trip to Boise a couple of years back and we, we stopped, stopped in at Hermiston, had a great visit. <laughs> and, um, but the time before that, when I saw your parents, I think, was um lexi's wedding in oh yeah san francisco area or sacramento or something somewhere in the bay area yeah yeah and there was a bunch of us that went there and did this hotel and saw the uh the wedding and it was um was it is it tongan that they had the dance all the dancers and the blankets and things that was really impressive but i I, I I said something to your mom that I think I hope I didn't get misinterpreted. There was a time when I all my kids were super hungry and I was trying to go get them some food, and your mom was like, "Well, I, I've got a bunch of rhubarb uh, <laughs> rhubarb muffins," and I said, "No, no, I don't want to have to eat eat your food. I I I got this. I got this." And then I took them and we went and got whatever. <laughs> I didn't get them rolls and bologna, but we got them whatever. <laughs> and in hindsight, I thought, oh my gosh, was I just rude to my auntie who had made these muffins? And I should have just said, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I'd love to have your muffins, but I didn't. <laughs> I said, no, no, I got this. And, and we ran off. Um, but no, she, I, I'm sure I, she's fine either way. She is always prepared. And so I love that about her. Probably meet her anywhere and she'll be like, yeah, I have these muffins. I've got these cinnamon rolls. I got stuff for you. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love to bake too. Me too. I get it. Yeah. I'm not actually a fan of cooking, but I really love baking. Okay. I'm exactly the same. I love to bake too, but cooking, I can't figure out too much. I don't know. There's yeah. not enough structure with that, I guess. Yeah, I think that's how I feel too. Like it, it, when I um like when I go grocery shopping, I have to make like a specific list. Like I make the menu and then I make the list of what I'm going to make, so then I buy those exact things. Like it has to be very structured for me. Um mm-hmm. and but I'm in awe of people who uh like Eric who can just be like, "Oh, I have some of this and some of this or I'll throw that in there." And like that that doesn't work for me. So, I'm glad it it does for some people. <laughs> Right. My wife's good at that too. She'll say, what does this need? I know what this needs. And she'll go grab just what this dish needs. And it turns out just amazing. Oh, that's awesome. But I like doing 
maybe I like more repetitive things, but there's a couple of baking dishes that I love to do. Every year I make the same lemon chiffon cake for her birthday. And I've collected half a dozen different cookie recipes that the kids love. And um, <laughs> so I guess when you're cooking, you experiment. And if you're good at it, the experiments go well. But when you're baking, if you experiment, it doesn't always work out well. And so I've sure. learned <laughs> the hard way to stop experimenting. Like the last batch of cookies I made, I, I decided to try using vanilla sugar or vanilla powder oh. and add that to the chocolate chip cookie recipe. Don't do it, by the way. I, it didn't go. <laughs> it, it, I thought, oh, I like vanilla and I like sugar. Uh, but <laughs> That'll I, go it, together. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was too much. So. so are there traditions oh, that you have with your kids or with your family that you carried over from your childhood? Probably the biggest one I think would be family adventures. Um, and also for the longest time, uh, traveling to see family for holidays. It's mm. really only been in the recent years that we have a few times done our own holidays, but nine times out of 10, we're going somewhere. Um, and for family adventures, we just love to pick up and go, just do something. Hey, there's a hike we want to try. Or, you know, in the summers, we like to go paddleboarding at the lake. Oh, that's and, cool. oh, awesome. And in, in the winters, see, we live like 40 minutes away from Snoqualmie Pass. And so oh. if you, if you buy early enough in the season, you can get, you know, seasons passes at a good rate for skiing and snowboarding. And so, you know, we like to go up and go night skiing. Um, and so just getting out of the house and going and doing something with the family is something that we feel very comfortable doing. And I remember doing that a lot growing up, you know, come on kids, let's go to the lake or um, that's usually what it was, <laughs> head to the lake. Um, <laughs> and growing up, um, I don't remember what night it was. Maybe it was Monday, but one night a week they had the wonderful world of Disney on TV and we would watch whatever Disney movie was on that week. And, you know, dad would make a big batch of popcorn and mix up some lemonade and we'd sit down and eat popcorn, drink lemonade and watch a movie. And so, you know, we still like to do that. The hard, hard part is to pick the right Disney movie, but, but nowadays when you can get all the Disney movies, you know, we have, that the ability to just find these old Disney movies. And so, you know, as soon as we discovered that, my kids got to see old movies like The Million Dollar Duck. Did you guys <laughs> ever see The Million Dollar Duck? I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> okay, that's worth watching. Go see The Million Dollar Duck. It's hilarious. And, <laughs> uh, you know, Bedknobs and Broomsticks and oh, these yeah. old Disney movies. And um, oh, what was the other one that we were laughing about the other day? Oh, Herbie the Love Bug and the Shaggy oh, Dog. Oh, yeah. And... Oh, yeah. All the classics. Yeah. Mm hmm. And like I said, we, you know, we like to go to the lake. Um, baking, you know, we used to bake Christmas treats and leave, leave them on people's doorstep during the holidays. Mm -hmm. And we like to do that nowadays, too. Um, one thing that's fun for me is, you know, my dad never really liked cookies, but he loved cookie dough. So. <laughs> If if you could get it past the dough past him, then you'd have enough to bake. But he would eat <laughs> he, he would eat it. 
and my oldest daughter loves cookie dough. And so um, whenever I make chocolate chip cookies, I always have to call Annika. Annika, you might want to come to the kitchen. <laughs> no matter what, no matter what she's doing, she can always make time to run downstairs and grab a scoop of cookie dough. And, mm-hmm. you know, that makes her day. And that makes me feel good. Cause that feels sort of like a connection over the generations, yeah. you know, you're, does anybody like root beer? <laughs> Craig, do you not know about the collection? Oh, have I not told you? Well, I think I, I think I've heard of it. Cause I feel like it, there's oh, multiple. My, <laughs> my bad. So, Many years ago, when my parents lived in Kingwood, Texas, we uh, we went there for Thanksgiving or something, and it was really great. Dad, like, he had the smoker, and he smoked a uh, a piece of salmon, and there was a roast, and there was also, like, a turkey in there. I mean, it was, like, the best ever. And so mm-hmm. afterwards, we sat down, and, and we brought out three or four different kinds of root beer to do a, a blind taste test, because we thought that was fun. <laughs> and I think it was my mom admitted, she says, you know, we started collecting root beer bottles. She said, any, any of you guys want to start a root beer collection? And I was like, well, yeah, I, I, I'll do that. And so, <laughs> and thus began the saga of the root beer bottle collection. So right now, downstairs in the little office there on shelves, on Ikea shelves, I have 115, I think. Wow. Different bottles of root beer. And they're all full, or at least most of them are full. And so when we find a new one, uh, it's hard for me to find a new one personally, but whenever I do, I'll I'll buy at least two, one to try and one to, to the shelf. But I have I have family members all throughout that are always on the lookout for new root beers. And I'll get a text. They'll say, hey, do you have this kind or do you have that kind? And... So, I mean, even just this last Christmas, my, my sister-in-law had stashed away some root beer from Colorado, I think it was, and, um, and you know, found a new one for the collection. But, yeah, that's, that's been going strong since, like, 1998. Wow. wow. That's, so that's a good done, stretch. Have you done Root Beer of the Month Club? <laughs> I have not. I did not know there was such a thing. Oh my goodness, there is. So one year for Jason's birthday, we got him like a subscription for six months. I'll send you like six <laughs> different ones every month. Um, uh-huh. And we, yeah, we did blind taste testing every month to try and figure out our favorites. It's really fun. And you can you can That's actually cool. go in and like select the ones you want or you can have them just surprise you. But wow. it's fun. Okay, I'm checking that out. Yeah do <laughs> uh, it must be like a rite of passage with families because we've done a taste test of like root beers <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've had some fun with it i think the last time we moved uh when we moved here to this house i thought oh, do i really want to pack up all these bottles is it, <laughs> is it worth keeping anymore all they do is sit on the shelf but mary lynn was like don't you dare get rid of that i'll help bottle these i'll help wrap up these bottles if you get rid of that, your family's going to be so sad. It's like, okay, <laughs> we'll keep. And it is a fun conversation piece. I do have to say, though, in these days of COVID and, and uh, video conferencing, I've taken a few video calls from that room. And all the time when, when 
people see the, that back wall, they say, well, it's quite the beer collection you got going. There. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's... It, it, it is quite a collection, but it is root beer. No one ever <laughs> believes me. No one ever believes me. I'm like, no, look, it says right here, root beer. They always say, a likely story. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I believe you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> so did, did you say you live by Snoqualmie? Yes. Close. We're within 40 minutes of Snoqualmie Pass. Okay. Because um, I've been through there, like, to Snoqualmie Falls and that. Yeah, that's very close to where I live now. I mean... It's a gorgeous area. So, literally, this little town I'm in is called Fall City, and I think it was named after Snoqualmie Falls, because it's right at the base of Snoqualmie Falls. If you were to go down that road <laughs> uh, from Snoqualmie Falls and then go across the bridge across the river that's the little town where i live in now that's all i'm actually looking at a map at it right now (laughs) luckily i can do that with computers these days it's nice yeah so we are sort of halfway between the elementary school and the middle school cool it looks like a gorgeous area because that area is so wooded up through there and Mm -hmm. it's just gorgeous gorgeous place to live it's nice. There's no stoplights. Um, we kind of fell into this house. And uh, when we were looking for a, a place in this area and, um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit removed obviously from town and from suburbia, which we thought might feel a little bit isolating, but, um, and, and yeah, it does take like 20 minutes to get to the grocery store, but within 20 minutes is absolutely everything, right? So if I go 20 minutes that way, there's a grocery store. You go 20 minutes that way, there's the Home Depot and whatever. Bellevue Square Mall is like 30 minutes away. So it's not like you're that far removed, but it's in this little area that people don't think about. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, my my brother-in-law lives in Anacortes, which is like off the Puget Sound, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up and up, yeah. Yep. Next time we go, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you. We're gonna stop by. Come on in, brother. I'll make you some red beans and rice or some cookies or something for dinner. Ooh, and we'll have a root beer for your dad. Heck yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll bring in some rolls and bologna for you, so you can have the experience. the full experience for your road uh, trip. I'm sorry. If I'm gonna do it, I'm doing the Twinkie and the bologna. Like <laughs> oh. Up to you. I never had the courage to do that. I'm I'll go for it. Oh, <laughs> I wonder how many good. of those things he would do just for effect, you know? Some of yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shock and awe. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, well, did you have, growing up too, real quick, did you have yeah. some memories that stood out with G&G? Well, sure, and it, it's it 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 makes me chuckle a little bit to hear you call them G and G because <laughs> I I only ever knew them as G and G because that's the way Grandma would sign the cards, right? Yep. Yep. So, and and whenever someone calls him Granddad, I always have to remind myself, no, no, he likes being called Granddad, not Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. He didn't, he didn't make that declaration until I was, I swear, in, in my teens or something, and. I had already known him as grandpa and I was like, no, come on, he's grandpa. I'm never going to call him granddad. But 
You may have I, been late teens because I think I was like 11, 12, maybe. Wait a minute. So I got to clarify something with this too. Because so I remember granddad, but did you guys never have to do like the secret code to get out of the risk or rub? Uh, I don't well, remember what the secret code was, but oh, I he do used, remember so the he, he would give you a risk or rub and it had to be dear, loving, sweet grandfather, oh, yeah. yeah. please let me go. Like, and you yeah. had to do it verbatim. Dear, loving, sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was him. And I, I, but I don't remember if he, he, there was a point in time when he changed and he's like, I don't want to be called grandpa anymore. I want to be called granddad. Yeah. Yep. Well, he definitely told me that. He was like, I was never called Pa. So I purposely told my dad, I'm calling you Pops because my kids will call you Grandpa <laughs> because of it. Well, yeah, I mean, so anyway, he, I have some, some memories, of course. I mean, many, many years of memories. And I remember lots of road trips together with them. And um, I remember Grandpa, always, Granddad always having a camera and videotaping mm, things mm-hmm. he loved his videotape collection and he always had a project of some kind the garage had was in the side yard was just full of half-finished cars and <laughs> um, probably no help of my dad either <laughs> oh i'm sure they were two peas in a pod there but <laughs> I, I remember him being very um in a sweet way very opinionated very controlling he kind of had a <laughs> I, he must have been OCD or something. I don't know. I'm no, I'm no psychiatrist. Or maybe it's just one of the things that happens when you raise that many kids. <laughs> uh, but he, I remember him really needing things to be a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, the way I grew up, things were a little more freeform. I don't, I don't want to say we were all gypsies, but we were, or, or you know, wild kids. But we were, we were allowed to express a little more creativity, let's just say, at home than we were, you know, in, in Ogden. But then again, you know, we could always just go run out outside and just, you know, do whatever we wanted. But, yep. you know, I think grandpa liked a little bit more order <laughs> out of the chaos, <laughs> but I, I, I thought he was great. And I, there's something, he always had this sort of mischievous smile <laughs> that made me think that, okay, under all that control somewhere, there's, there's a part of him that just likes, you know, well, uh, he was a tease for sure. The whisker rub stories yeah. is just one yeah. of them, and I think I think he just loved that. Um, well, I love that you bring up granddad like that because I think sometimes we do get the strict granddad, the lecture, you know. Oh yeah, but but he very much did have a playful side too when it was appropriate in his mind, right? So yeah. right, and he he definitely did have that. I, in yeah, that mischievous whether... smile that you're talking about, I can totally picture it still to this day. <laughs> well, and, and that might not have always shown through, but it was that mischievous side. But I, I swear it was there. So I don't know. I could, I could perceive that. And so sometimes when, when you just kind of want to roll your eyes and be like, "Oh, we got to do this thing for Grandpa again," <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Maybe it didn't bother me as much. I guess uh, as it might have other people. So I, I thought he was great and very cool. And we got to go see his work. I was, you know, old enough to be able to go see him when he worked over at Parker Bertay. Parker. See his office. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's an era yeah. that I would have never known of. Yeah. 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 It was cool. 
Um, and then, then for grandma, I mean, obviously lots of cooking and gardening and, and, and love and kind of like squealing a little bit, you know, and good news, she would kind of have this little squeal or this little <laughs> sort of dance she would do. And <laughs> my, so I have two stories I just really want to say about, about grandma because um, one, one is many years ago, we were, we were in Ogden. It, it was one of those spontaneous trips, I think, where dad took me out of school. I was called to the, to the office and he's like, grab your stuff, kid. We're going, where are we going? We're going to Ogden. Okay. So we got on, <laughs> I think he had to pick up an ambulance or something. So I got on the back of the motorcycle and we rode down and we stopped at grandma's and eventually we got an ambulance and brought it back to Wyoming. But while we were there, we were going to have dinner at, at, you know, there in Ogden and, and grandma had made spinach lasagna and that's mm-hmm. one of her dishes. Yep. And I was looking forward to that because I really liked her spinach lasagna. I don't know if everyone does, but I certainly did. And a few minutes before dinner, dad was like, Hey, come on, we got to go. What are you talking about? We have to go run an errand. I'm like, yeah, but dinner's about to start. He goes, we got to go now. (laughs) Uh, Fine. And we went to the mall and we, (laughs) I, we got like a burger or something, which was fine. But finally my dad admitted, he's like, I don't like that spinach lasagna. I won't eat spinach lasagna. So he, <laughs> I was his excuse to get out of not have to eat spinach lasagna and which is fine I had spinach lasagna another time but anyway <laughs> heaven only knows what grandma thought about all that I think she always loved baking cooking for us even when we were going to school in, in college and we would go up there to Plain City she would always try to send us home with like Tupperwares and Tupperwares full of food uh, which was nice actually it was really nice but did you get bread nice. pudding uh, I'm sure I don't remember that specifically but that sounds or, like something she would do or jello with cheese and or carrots <laughs> see i was traumatized by that we used to have to eat that in elementary school and i was like what is this <laughs> green jello with shredded carrots and cauliflower but i i i was i'm pretty blessed because so i got a call one time when grandma was near the end of her life and i was told that she wasn't doing well and her time her number was up and it's going to be hours, not days. And I think either they called me at work or, or my wife called me at work and said, hey, you know, your mom, your, your grandma is, um, you know, whatever, rounding her last lap or whatever she said. And I was like, oh, man. She says, do you want to go? And I was like, well, yeah. But I was kind of wavering. Like, how would I even make that work? I'm up here in Seattle. And she says, well, just hang on. Let me, let, me, let me work on this. And then she hung up. And I was telling some of my friends at work and it, it, to a person, every one of them was like, just go. Just figure it out. Just go. You won't, we're fine. Work will still be here, which I was appreciated. Yeah. And then Mary Lynn called me back and she says, okay, do you want to go? I said, yeah, I do. And she says, okay, get in the car, head towards home and meet me at exit 19. Okay. So I headed <laughs> east. We met at, we met at uh, milepost 19 or exit 19 and we, I pulled up, she got out of the van. She threw a suitcase in the back of my car and she gave me some food and she kissed me and she said, 
your your flight leaves i'm going to text you your ticket and i there's a rental car waiting for you just go and i was like this is i almost like burst into tears right there and then like that is the sweetest and she, Mary Lynn is like that she figures things out and she makes things happen and she just knows i i, I don't know how she 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 does this but um she knew you needed to go she knew i needed to go before i knew i needed to go because she she just knew and then so i got on the plane went there got the car drove up stuffed it in and out for a burger and then made my way to the hospital and you know arlie Baum was there and uh, of course aaron the nurse was our you know our cousin aaron was the, <laughs> yeah. in the shift there <laughs> and i think anya was there for a bit but i was able to be there and i just i sat there and i held her hand and um I got to be, I got to hold her hand when she died, um, which is something that's very, very special to me. And I, I, I'll always appreciate, first of all, Mary Lynn, but also my, my mom and my aunties for kind of allowing me to do that because I don't think I deserved the honor to be there holding her hand. Cause I just flew in hours before I wasn't there helping to get her there, helping to see her through the tough times, I felt like I got to swoop in and, and hold her hand for this. I had the honor of that. And I really appreciate that, you know, Aunt Lynette and Karen, um, Aunt Janelle didn't, not that they would come and rip me away from her, but you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I don't know. How you know, Andy, I think that. you just, I think you just explained something that to this day, I know that our aunts have is just the exuberance of love for all of us. And the fact that I could see them just saying, look how beautiful that is that one of her grandsons are there holding her hand as she goes. Yeah. Like, I don't view that. I'm sure they weren't like, Oh my gosh, I want to be there. I don't, I don't think that was a thought at all. Well, then that speaks to who they are because um, yeah. Cause I never felt that at all. It was only in hindsight when I thought, Oh my gosh, what must they have thought here? I fly right in to have this glory moment, but it was really, it was really special to me. And I, you know, I remember being there and then um, I, I didn't stay for the funeral, but I, I was there for, uh, for when she passed and for the few days after Right. I was, I was gone by the time the funeral arrangements were made. Um, yeah. You know, what's but... amazing, Andy. So my story of that weekend is almost exactly the same. Like, I remember I... parts of this. Yes. Yeah. So I got the call and um, I called Jason at work and he said, do you want to go? And I said, I do. And he said, well, go. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, the kids and blah, 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 you know, and he's like, just go. And so, um, it, I dropped the kids off. I went to the airport. Jason picked the kids up later and took care of them. And, um, but yeah, it was just, I, I called Katie and I said, Katie, I'm going meet me there and pick mm -hmm. me up at the airport. <laughs> Cause she's oh. in Idaho and she was wavering about going. And I just said, I'm going, you come. Yeah. And, um, and I made it there before you. And, um, when I got there, um, one of the things I said to grandma was, thank you for waiting for me. Oh, and I, I said, 
now just wait for Andy. He's on his way. Because <laughs> oh. I knew you were coming. Know. And I, I knew the feelings of, I really want to be there. And I don't want to miss it. Yeah. And it feels really important. And um, so, yeah, I it was it was a really similar experience and in such a sweet way. I, I think she did. Wow. Well, I'm really glad you said that. Well, <laughs> here to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, I'll always treasure that. Right. And, and then that allowed, you know, us to have our road trip and time, you know, and really sort of help push this whole podcast effort. Right. right? One, so- one thing leads to another. Thank you, Mary Lynn. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, and to all the people that, you know, um, those, those, those moments are so beautiful. There was a time when, when my dad was still alive, we did a a family reunion in, in Bear Lake. And um, that's a place we had gone lots of times growing up in Wyoming. Um, but one of the last fun active memories I have with my dad was this family reunion in Bear Lake and he had rented a boat and we were doing some water skiing and kind of giving the kids a turn to go right on the tube, which was, a my dad was famous for taking people on the tube and, you know, <laughs> trying to get them off, trying to get them <laughs> off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> all of a sudden. I, I was on the boat and all of a sudden I looked around and it was, it was just my family growing up. There's dad, there's mom, there's Inger, there's Eric, there's Anya, there's Arn. And all our kids and our spouses were on the shore and dad was motoring out and we were going to go water skiing together, just like old times. And Aww. somehow he had uh, made arrangements and our spouses had made arrangements so we could have that moment together as, as grownups but still kind of reliving one of the family adventures we used to do. And we went out there and we did some skiing and we did some tubing and it was, you know, just a half hour or something, an hour. But um, that was sort of one of those magical moments um, that, you know, I'll always treasure just, just like some of these other things we've been talking about. That's so cool. Yeah. I think um, I think our spouses recognize that, that the Price family is special and that we have this incredibly strong bond with each other. Um, and maybe they didn't have that, but they get it. They at least understand that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Me and my wife talk about that quite often because my wife has felt very welcomed in, and I'm, and I don't think my wife has necessarily spent a lot of time with either of you. Right. Cause there's right. so many mm-hmm. of us, but she's never felt left out ever. And even from our aunts and uncles, it's like anytime I've ever shown up with them and with my, even my little family now we're family, they love us. They share stories and we talk and give us food. Right. Yeah. Oh, totally. So going to school uh, there in Provo, um, Barb and Doug would invite me, would invite us over, uh, especially on Fast Sunday, but sometimes other Sundays too. And I, I, I used to laugh because I, I, I would 
just say, thank you for treating us like family, right? <laughs> and I would laugh, say, well, you are a family. But it, but it was more than that. We, we, we just sort of, it was like we, we walked in like we, we owned the place. And they were so gracious. And we would just sit at the table and Barb would ask us, you know, and Barb would tell, ask us stories at what's going on, what are your plans, what's <laughs> happening, sort of interrogate a little bit. And, um, <laughs> you know, I remember when I was dating Mary Lynn, she had a lot of questions. And we would come over and she would ask us all sorts of questions about our compatibility and uh, <laughs> if we would be a good fit together. And it, was, it was great. It was really, really great. Um, so, Andy, I love the way you mentioned Arlie Mom, which is a name I, I thoroughly love. And I love that you guys call her that. Yeah. Um, so she, I truly admire her for many things and I'm excited to talk to her more. Um, but I love the way she has kind of gone into retirement as the traveling grandma. Yeah. I well, I just, I love it. And I would love to hear more about that. Like, I know she's stationed more, but, um, but then has month long stints elsewhere. Oh yeah. Sometimes many months. Um, so she does it because she can, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, she, uh, she's single widowed. And yes. so she doesn't feel, I mean, it, right after dad died, we cleaned out that house in Las Vegas. She said, I don't, I don't need to be in Las Vegas anymore. And so yeah. she became uh, mobile very quickly. And, but she, she always loves spending time with us and visiting. So it was, it was really normal that she would have one home base I was surprised when she said she wanted to go to New Jersey with Eric. Yeah. Um, I, I expected she would maybe stay with us or maybe with Anya or something. I don't know why I just sort of assumed that, but she had fallen in love with New Jersey when she was a missionary there. Uh, boy, Aww. I'm getting things backwards, aren't I? I'm, my timing is all way off. Um, That's okay. <laughs> because the mission was obviously after dad's death. Uh, anyway, yeah. long story short, she yeah. ended up stationing there. Um, but she really felt like she wanted to go on a mission and it was soon after dad died. Um, yeah. and, uh, that one shocked me. I was like, really mom? Like you, <laughs> this is what you want to do. And she says, oh yeah. And she like, okay. So, you know, she went and did her thing and, and it was, it was a great experience for her. And she loved being up there in Princeton and helping to teach um whatchamacallit uh institute institute yeah 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 oh and i bet um, they loved her oh yeah oh yeah yeah that that was uh that was pretty cool um was that something that your mom and dad maybe talked about doing but because your dad got sick they couldn't no i don't that was too young he died before age 62 they were oh, that's right, huh? They were not looking at going on a mission anytime soon. So um no, that's just something that she felt inspired to do and she went and did. And then yeah, so New Jersey became a bit of a home base, still is, but you know, she's I think she's in Texas now with Inger. Okay. Because Mallory's coming home from uh from Austria. Holy cow, that was so fast. Can you believe it? That wow. was way fast. 
And then she's going to go to Honolulu, spend some time with uh, Arn and their family. Awesome. Um, On vacation or are they out there? No, they live there there now. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, last time I saw them, they lived in Colorado and I thought they were still there. (laughs) All of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. That's good for them. Well, so Alicia grew up there and so they ended up buying the house from her parents and oh. uh oh wow works at one of the air force bases there something to do with computers yeah and uh <laughs> we got to go visit with them it was really really cool to see them that's awesome um but uh yeah so she'll be there and then she'll come hang out with us for a bit and then we'll go to a bjorn family reunion in idaho later this summer and then so bjorn family like your dad's family or like you guys uh my dad's parents actually okay. my dad's grandparents so it'll be oh, big wow it'll be that's in awesome park. yeah and then then so we'll drive down and then you know arlie mom will go with anya she'll spend some time in brigham city and then i imagine she might go back to new jersey after that i i don't know but she she sort of plans her trips around um whatever is happening in each place maybe maybe one of us has a missionary coming home or one of us has a some you know a baptism or some other major family event and she'll come forward or maybe she'll just want to come spend some time right but yeah but she really she really integrates well when she's here like i still have friends ask like when's arlie mom coming back (laughs) they they like having her around well, she's so chill and go with the flow and she doesn't seem like the type who will try to parent your kids. Like she takes on right. solid grandma. I will be their grandma and you, you yep. be the parent. Oh yeah. She's really good about that. And I think she's, she's probably the most accepting unconditional love person I've ever met. Yeah. Um, she really just loves you for who you are. And um finds you en- endlessly interesting and could talk she and I could talk for hours and I always love that about her um your mom has think... one of the prettiest smiles too oh <laughs> <laughs> she really does I just when she smiles I just yeah you can just see happiness I don't know she just seems happy so yeah I think that's that's in her nature I I think some of it's learned too um circling back to 1985 you know she uh she had to um she learned to not process stress uh, mm. because no oh, gotcha with with her her brain injury um i think her personality changed just a little bit i think she became a little less feisty maybe it, it wasn't a huge change but it was it was subtle but um i think i remember mom being a little more um i guess feisty before then um but I think the love part was always there. And, yeah. Um, but, one, you know, one part that was kind of hard about that was the doctors had told my dad that, hey, her, her brain injuries were very serious and she needs to have like no stress to let her brain heal. And we don't know how fragile her state is. So it's very important that she's in an environment of low stress. And so, you know, and we're like <laughs> five, five kids. kids cool yeah yeah (laughs) 11 to however however old arn was probably like three four i'm not sure 
But oh, I remember man. dad being kind of terrified by that. And so whenever we would get too rowdy or loud, he would say, you guys calm down, calm down. Shh. Don't be so loud or don't, don't fight, you know, cause, cause your mom, right. You know, it's hard on your mm. mom or, and um, so, you know, I, I have an aversion to uh, drama and chaos really yeah. ever, possibly ever since. And it, it, it puts me on edge when I, I don't mind being a little rowdy. Like we're always a little rowdy, but when the contention gets to be a certain level, I kind of get in a little bit freak out mode and I, I try to try to calm things down as quickly as possible. And mm -hmm. so I think that, I think that mom learned a little bit to, just let stress go because she just wasn't going to process it. And I, I learned to try to try to calm things down quickly if I could. And, you know, well, Inger, uh, learned how to be a, a, a little parent, uh, a mom earlier than she should have. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. She had to be very responsible very early. And I think one of the, one of the parts of that story that, is not talked about as much um, is how hard that was on Inger as a little girl. She did pretty amazing things. Like she, um, one of the moves we did, the move to the big house, she pretty much did her herself. She figured, she orchestrated it. Mom, you should ask my mom this. Like what happened in the move to, when we moved up the hill in Wyoming, she'd say, Inger orchestrated that <laughs> and she got us moved up the hill. And um, so that's amazing. The, yeah. And, 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 you know, the other kids too, we all had something to deal with, but you know, you, you adapt, right. You adapt and yep. overcome. Otherwise you, otherwise you don't. And nobody wants that. And you know what you um, like when my mom was sick and, um, mm -hmm. Like we all adapted and you know, yeah. it may not be everyone's reality, but it doesn't, I mean, you, you don't know what it would be otherwise. And so you, you adapt and you just kind of, you do it, whatever it needs to be done and it, you do it. So, yeah. And you'll believe that bologna and cinnamon rolls go together. And <laughs> it is what it is. It's, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the worst part of that whole story, really. <laughs> having to having to figure out from your college roommates that that's not normal <laughs> travel food. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like Stockholm syndrome there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Andy, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to talk about? Oh man, I'm sure we any one of those questions we could talk for hours about. I, I think I would just like to say it's been really cool to, um, to talk with you here and also in the in the moments we talked about before. And I I hope there's going to be some more opportunities to reconnect with each other and with the rest of the prices. It's harder and harder as we get older and our families grow and you know we establish ourselves on the west coast and you establish yourselves in the in the Rocky mountains and you establish yourselves on the East coast. And, you know, having conversations like these are just so cool. I, I would love to be able to have more of them. And, um, so I, I'd hate to see this 
see see us die out what we have as a price family as we get older. I suppose some of that's inevitable, but it sure be cool to have something, you know, whatever that something is. appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We look forward to interviewing all of you. And as Grandma Price would say, see you in the morning.